What's going on, Bulls Nation? Welcome in to the CHGO Bulls Podcast. Happy Monday! Happy Juneteenth! Happy belated Father's Day to all the dads out there. I am Matt Peck. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. Joined by my guys, Will the Goat Gottlieb, Will underscore Gottlieb on Twitter, and Big Dave. Bow! B-A-W-L Sports. Rocking the producer's controls behind the scenes. It's our buddy Kevin Wells. Um, gentlemen, lots to get to. Crazy weekend of events in the NBA. Michael Jordan sells the Hornets. Bradley Beal gets traded from Washington to Phoenix, a new big three for the Suns. We'll talk about that. Any possible ramifications that might have on the Bulls. And uh, still trade rumors swirling around as we get days closer to the NBA draft on Thursday. Uh, but before we dive into all of that, how is everybody doing? Uh, loved both of y'all's episodes uh, from last week, Thursday and Friday, while I was gone. Uh, kudos to you, Will. Awesome to see you chatting it up with Ricky and uh, and Pat from Cash Considerations. Big Dave, um, I hope somebody sanitized that seat that C-Red Fred was sitting in while I was gone. Um, or better like yet, maybe so long ago. Both of those shows. Maybe just like torched it ago. and threw it off our balcony. Maybe maybe putting it uh, out with the trash in in the alley would have been a better better option. But they were wonderful, entertaining episodes. Uh, well. First of all, yes, Wheels was great. Like that, that was awesome. The episode was really great. Um, as far as Fred, uh, he really, he missed you very much, Matt. Um, he can't wait to do a show with you. He called you out several times. Um, he wants to talk to you so bad, and yeah, he wants to he wants to do a show with you because he wants to uh, debate you on several Bulls topics that he feels you're absolutely 100 percent incorrect about, and he feels he has facts to back that up. So yeah shocking shocking i don't think you guys realize how much i love fred i love fred so much he is just such a great entertainer no, shout fred out to you see red fred and I... what's even better is fred's beef with mark and matt <laughs> it's it's Amen. just amazing stuff i love it all. uh fred frederick pfeffer the, the you know the family man pfeffer, pfeffer, the person pfeffer thank mm -hmm. you uh del delightfully kind and charming uh individual fred the bulls fan no i would rather drink i would rather drink poison than listen to his takes rather drink poison than listen to his takes interesting i thought he honestly had it was a fred show he honestly had really good takes to be for real with you until he got to a certain point which always happens with fred like you know, <laughs> he he got to but, man his levine takes were, were on point his vooch takes we disagreed on but they were definitely on point but it was when we got to Dale and Terry, and he told me he don't really he don't like us because he. What are you telling you about that airballed miss and warmups? You lost it, absolutely <laughs> like, lost it. It's always a moment with, with my guy Fred. It's always a moment where I can't be in the car anymore. That and, and that was the moment. But no, overall, man, like he he really, really had some some awesome things to say and intelligent things to say, man. And people really enjoyed the show with him being. He on was that, man. still touting the skills. Of Denzel Valentine, I saw that yeah, towards yeah. the end. The only was time you'll hear about Denzel, you'll hear that. The only the, time you'll hear Denzel Valentine comments debate. <laughs> Thirty-year-old who gets no playing time on a G League team, but yeah, Fred's still defending him to the death. The only time you'll get a Matt Thomas Denzel Valentine debate 
was going to be that show, and it was glorious, and I enjoyed doing it with him, man. It was fun, honestly. It was dupes, fun. dupes in the comments with just an absolute truth bomb. Fred is fun because we all have a friend like that. So true. Mm, mm, so true. Fact, fact, <laughs> my my <laughs> friend like that is Fred. <laughs> yeah. uh, friend, friend is a bit much. I'd I'd stick with acquaintance. I think I'm more comfortable using using that term. How say it? That's all my friend. My friend. Those were both uh, excellent, very entertaining episodes you guys did. Thanks for holding it down for me. Um, so Michael Jordan sold the Hornets. Uh, okay. Let's uh, let's start with the deets of this breaking news. Can we, before, uh, that was... before we even get into that, can I just say yeah. that I think I speak for everybody when I say that when I first saw this graphic that Woj tweeted out, I really thought it was the crying Jordan meme. You thought, it, were, you, you thought it was the crying <laughs> meme. I, it, it looks very It looks like it's it. about to be. So he sold his majority stake in the Charlotte Hornets to some group of rich guys uh, who no one cares about, ending his 13-year run as majority owner. League sources tell ESPN on Friday. The figure that was rumored and I think has now been more or less confirmed is $3 billion for his majority stake. The report also said that MJ plans to keep a minority stake and maintain presence with the franchise. Uh, even looking at the draft work, pre-draft workouts of some of these guys that the Hornets are potentially going to draft with the number two pick later this week. Uh, just to give you another example of MJ being the best human at making money, he bought the Hornets in 2010 for $275 million. He sold them on Friday for $3 billion. The Hornets. Pretty good markup. Of Charlotte. I mean, a lot of that is just that NBA valuations across the board have skyrocketed. The league's value has skyrocketed. But damn. Good for MJ. I did think it's funny that it, he declined to make any sort of public comment about the fact that he decided to just sell. But that's yeah. very true to character for MJ. He's just Ghost. like, bye. Yeah. I don't know what else. I don't know how you can, I don't know, say, hey, man, I made $3 billion and I'm already a billionaire. <laughs> like, I don't know how else you can say that and not come off as a as Add a it pile. So, yeah. Right. Exactly. So. Yeah, no, he did the right thing. He stayed quiet about it. Brilliant move right there. Got himself three billion. I mean, it's great. Um, for me, I I mean, it takes away a wait, am I right? Am I yeah, it was the only black majority owner in the NBA, so it takes that away. So that no Correct. more black majority owners. But I mean, outside of that, this how can you turn that down? It's three billion dollars in your pocket. That's crazy. So yeah, man, congratulations to him. Especially, what was the number that he paid for it in 2003? What did you say, Matt? 275 million in 2010. Yeah, I mean, so in 2010. 13 years, 13 years, took a team from 275 million to three billion. Incredible amount of growth, and it of course got me thinking about how much Jerry Reinsdorf paid for the Bulls in 1985, which was 19 million, 9.2 million dollars. It is now worth over four billion. And for all for all of you who say you could make so much money, sell the team. The reason he doesn't sell it is because look at how much money he's made on just hanging on to it. Yeah. It's going to keep going up. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Thanks by and large to this man, Michael <clears throat> Jordan, who just sold his NBA franchise. Um, 
I, I do wonder a little bit if MJ just kind of dipped out uh, and decided to sell and decided to sell and not say anything because he's not entirely proud of the job he did as owner. If what he, I mean, job one, good for you. You turned a team that you bought for 275 million and turned it into 3 billion on your way out the door. That's great. But the Charlotte Hornets slash Charlotte Bobcats for a while. Yeah. When MJ owned them have been maybe the biggest joke in the NBA as far as winning and competing at a high level and going to the playoffs, certainly no championships. I mean, I knew that the Hornets slash Bobcats were bad under the tenure of MJ as majority owner. But when I went and uh, looked at the stats of just how bad Charlotte was 423 and 600 as far as win loss record. 423 and 600 in the 13 seasons MJ was in charge, the 26th record in the NBA in that span. They never won a playoff series in that span. They haven't even been to a postseason in the last seven years. That's bad. Wait, didn't they make That's the play last year? Does that in any way? Okay, so yes, not counting the play in as the playoffs. They have not been to the playoffs in the last seven years. Playoffs, and yeah. Have I? I think have two or maybe three playoff first first round exit playoff appearances in the thirteen years MJ was majority owner. Does that in mm. any way discredit MJ's legacy as just a basketball person? Obviously, his playing le- legacy is his playing legacy, but I mean. It's funny, we joke about him and Charles Barkley not being friends anymore because Barkley called him a shit owner who was bad at putting together talented competitive teams. Barkley wasn't wrong. No, nah, wasn't wrong at all. Like, he's he's not a good owner. Like, proves in the pudding. You don't win. You draft terribly. It's not like they didn't have high draft picks. They definitely high, high draft picks. You have to get, like, they've had that. But when you walk away with guys like Adam Morrison, and, you know, guys like Malik Monk don't turn out until they leave. Uh, what you have when you get Omeka Okafor uh, and guys like that, like you, you're going to you struggle. You struggle city. Um, when LaMelo Ball, I believe, is their probably the best draft pick, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe I'm wrong about that. But, yeah, they've had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity in the draft to do it, which is why I keep telling people the draft is a crapshoot, go to the playoffs. But. Yeah, man, you, you just don't know how stuff is, is going to turn out, but you definitely you definitely have to be better. Like 13 years of, of that kind of uh, futility is, is terrible, dog. Like, it's not good. So, yeah, he's a bad owner. Like, period, point blank, flat out. Does it hurt the legacy for me? No, it doesn't. He's still Michael Jordan to me. I was watching The Last Dance yesterday. Like, it's still Michael Jordan to me. You know, that's what he is, but – being a, a trash owner is is what it is. Well, I shouldn't even say trash. Being a yeah, I could say trash. Being a trash owner, yeah, um, is is what it is. Like that's just what it is uh, for Michael Jordan. And you know he wants to win. Remember when yo? Did you? I, I don't know if you ever heard that story. Stephen Jackson told of when they had lost the game and Jordan was so fed up with the team that he came to the practice and, and got all the bums on his squad and, and went up against them and won <laughs> like several games because he was so mad at them. That's not a good owner. <laughs> your owner can't do stuff like that. But that's not what you're supposed to do to your team, bro. Like, like honestly, you can't do that to your team. But he don't know no other way. 
You know what I mean? Like, this is just who he is. He doesn't know any other kind of way. Yes, Michael Kidd, Gilchrist. My goodness, yeah. So, yeah, they've had these high draft picks. They, they've chosen poorly. They've had bad draft luck, all whatever you want to call it, free eight, whatever. It ain't worked. And then an owner who feels like he's still better than your team, the owner thinks he can whoop your team's ass. And will go out there and try to prove it. That's not good. That's not going to work for a lot of guys who might not have that same mental capacity uh, to handle something like that when the owner is calling you trash and then wants to come sit next to you on the bench during the game. Like, that's some pressure for some guys like that. And the owner happens to be the greatest player that ever played, and you're playing in his shoes. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's tough, bro. But, yeah, it doesn't hurt the legacy for me, but, no, he was trash as an owner. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't really have a lot to say about this. I feel like it would be different if he had achieved at a high level. Like we talk about, you know, Steve Kerr being a champion at the player level, at the executive level, and at the coaching level, same Pat Riley. Um, So it's like cool when that happens, but I also don't think you necessarily get penalized for not having a good team when you're the owner. Because at the end of the day, like most owners are bad. And... Um, I think you can credit somebody for being good at it, but not necessarily discredit them for being bad at it. Yeah, I think that's my take. I think you can absolutely discredit owners for being bad. You can definitely discredit him for being bad. I'm saying it doesn't count against him as the legacy. You mean? Oh no, 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 no! It doesn't count against that at all. No, no, not at all, not at all. Businessman, he's also brilliant. He's shown you so. Yeah, right. As a player. He was the greatest ever. As a businessman, he certainly knows what he's doing. As an owner of a professional sports team, he, he, he failed. I mean, pretty flatly, uh, plainly, he failed. Um, it, I mean, honestly, it makes me feel bad a little bit for Hornets fans. Like, I got nothing against Hornets fans in particular. And Bulls fans, we think we've had it rough after the dynasty ended. And right. large stretches have been rough. But... Sure. We also had a pretty fun run between like the baby bulls and then a bunch of fun playoff series from like 2009 to 2015 and even getting pretty close one time in that span. That that was like six or seven or eight years of fun, competitive bulls basketball. And we had, uh, you know, we had some dark days before that and since after that, but man, Man, Hornets fans have had it rough. Like that, that organization has not done anything. Listen, not done we, anything. We sat, we sat on here and talked about the Bulls and their six championships, and and do they lean on that too hard? And I'm like, in they my do. head, I think about French. I think about places like Charlotte. When I'm like, okay, well, let's look at this history, and I'm looking at back at their history, and when they're leaning on their great teams in the '90s. Like, those are first-round teams, you know, still. And those were awesome guys on them. Like, our guy, yeah. Kendall Gill, for sure, Larry Johnson. A couple of conference uh, semis here morning. and there, but that's right. it. You know what I mean? Like, those kind of guys, are they're awesome guys. But as a team, that success wasn't there. Well, one in part because they were going up against Jordan. <laughs> but, yeah, man, like, they, they that's rough. If I had to look back at that history, oh, man, I don't want to look back at that. But. That's tough, man. But hopefully this means hopefully this changes. Um, shout out to J. Cole, who's now who's also now a part owner of the Hornets. He was a part of the group that uh came in and will now be a minority owner for the Hornets. But one thing I do want to say um is when you said Jordan's still involved, you know, with the team, 
you know, he's still a part of that. He's going to these uh, camps, watching these young guys play. My first thought when I saw that was, oh, there's no way they're not drafting Scoot Henderson. That is a Michael Jordan type player. Like when I thought of that, Mm -hmm. like that is a guy Jordan loves right there. Like this dude who wants to kill everybody and be better than everyone and doesn't mind it. I'm like, yeah, they're going to draft Scoot. Scoot won't be there at three, man. Like you want Mike won't, if Mike has anything to say about it, he won't go past two. The, the the sale definitely made me wonder if it would change the plans and trajectory of what the Hornets do with the number two pick on Thursday. Um, mm-hmm. But but I think you bring up a good point, Dave. If MJ still has a loud voice in that, uh, you know, owner's room, uh, you know, the, you know, draft room, uh, or I mean the draft day room, d- does it change anything or does it not change anything that he has sold? Uh, because – Again, like we're talking about lots of teams being active and making calls all over the place between now and Thursday because people want to move up to either of those second and third spots to maybe get Scoot or maybe get Brandon Miller. Yeah, I mean, it's just hard to say what the new ownership group will be interested in doing. Like when you when you bring in a new front office, you don't really know, are they going to do what Michael Winger did and sort of tear it down with the Washington Wizards? as we'll talk about later here after, with this Brad Beal trade, or will they go the other direction like when AK took over for the Bulls and try to really kickstart things and maybe uh, take a little bit of a shortcut to try to compete? So it could go either direction. Um, for me, as we've talked about, I think Scoot is a can't-miss prospect. I think he'd be the number one pick in a lot of these drafts. Obviously, Wembanyama is the ultimate draft prospect, and he'll clearly be the number one pick. But if it were me, I would take the best player available if you're a team like that and figure out the rest later, I still think that is what's going to happen um, because they can trade him later or they can trade LaMelo or they can, you know, try to add somebody else, whatever they want to do, they have options. Um, and it just kind of depends for me on what they, what this new ownership group will be interested in doing. Um, and maybe that is to try to win at a high level and to sort of consolidate picks for players, you know, assuming miles bridges comes back they were a 43 win team the year before last. And maybe they feel like with Mark Williams getting a little bit better, um, they could be good again, or maybe they realize where they are and where they have been. Um, and they use this opportunity to really kickstart things with, you know, two pretty generational talents. Yeah. Um, and speaking of new owners making bold moves, obviously we will now, uh, shift gears and talk about this huge Bradley Beal trade that went down uh, yesterday. We'll take our first break before that, then come back, talk Bradley Beal and all the ripple effects of that trade and how it might affect the Bulls and their immediate future plans. Uh, While we take this break, sharing words from our friends and sponsors, do us a quick, simple favor. Hit that like button if you're watching along with us on YouTube and make sure you are subscribed to the CHGO Sports YouTube channel. Big Dave, who do we got? So uh, baby Joey sent me a text and some pictures. Uh, He told me he was in Austin. And um, yeah, (laughs) Uh, Matt, it seems like you had fun uh, out there. Uh, Baby Joey said he saw you out there. You know, he said he walked up on you a couple of times, but you was uh, sleeping (laughs) like a baby Joey is what he said. Um, so he didn't want to bother you. (laughs) So nothing like that, but I did not see baby Joey there. I got no comment. He, he didn't think you did. He didn't. He didn't think you, you you did see him. But he did say one thing though. He said when he did see you and you was and you were sleeping, 
you had on a pair of shady rays. That's what he pointed out. He said you had on the rays on your mm. face. You had them on, sir. And he was protecting himself because Matt was having the time of his life out there. But and you can too, ladies and gentlemen, because guess what? Baby Joey ain't get it. He ain't understand why these glasses got to cost so much money. Why? You got to pay so much money to look so good? It don't have to be that way. Shady Ray says they can help you out. Independent Sunglasses Company offers that world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair you've ever put on your adorable face. Those premium polarized shades that you can get an affordable price that is for your outdoor and, as Matt Peck is proving right now, your indoor adventures. And, of course, they have the Matt Peck Lost and Broken Replacements plan. So let's say the hat is thrown or let's say he rolls over. And smashes those glasses in two because his face, he sleep on his face. Guess what? When he comes to and realizes where he is, he can put them joints into an envelope, send them back to Shady Rays. They will send him a brand new pair for free. Well, you want to add something there, Peck? I was just going to say, this is the only detail of that Austin weekend that I will willingly share with you guys and our listening audience the the Matt Peck lost and broken replacement plan. We're about to put it to the test because <laughs> I have two pairs of Shady Rays. I love them both. I brought them both to Austin. Only one pair survived. <laughs> yeah, Baby Joey told me that. <laughs> he let me know that's what happened. I, maybe yeah. somebody came and just broke my sunglasses while I was taking no. that nap on the street. I don't know. No, he told me what happened, uh, but and it, it wasn't somebody that came by and did that to you, sir. We just, oh boy, he had fun. We'll just say that. He had a great time. But also, let's say you were looking at a drunken passed out on the street, Matt Peck, and you said, hey, I like those glasses on his face. <laughs> and you want to go ahead and get yourself some too. Well, let's say those pairs don't make you look as awesome. Let's say you want to say, you know what? I don't like them on that. Let me get some of the Maverick goat joints. Well, then you get those on your face and you really don't look right. Get your own pair in your own style. Shady Rays will hook you up with that. If you send those pairs back, as long as you send them back within 30 days, you will get them for free. You see that? You're not going to look as cool as right there as, as the goat maverick right there on his face. Shady Rays, sir. Don't get that pair anymore, ladies and gentlemen, because it ain't going to work. But there's no risk when you shop. And a team always has your back. And they have awesome awesome selection will if you were talking your mic was mute man polarized polarized the polarized shades so exclusive for the listeners out there shady rays are giving out their best deal of the season go to shadyrays.com use code chgo get yourself 50 percent off of two plus pairs of premium polarized shades and try it for yourself the shades that are rated five stars by over 250,000 people because the shady rays where the rays are oh so shady Oh, so shady. Mm. I'm, I'm very excited to to put that loss and broken replacement plan to the test. <laughs> I, I'm happy I have faith. There. I have faith. I mean, I, 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 I was very upset when they broke or I discovered they broke. I don't I mm-hmm. I swear I don't know what happened. Uh, today's show is also brought to you by our friends at ComEd, whose energy efficiency program is committed to helping families and businesses and the communities they serve, helping manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future. That's right. ComEd offers a wide variety of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across their vast territory. 
ComEd also offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities like for HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. Goat, you're probably wondering to yourself right now, that sounds great, Peck, but how does it work? How does it work? I'll tell you. An authorized engineer works with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. These can be done in person or online and last approximately two hours. Within three to four weeks, customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects they can start working on right away. Each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, project costs, potential incentives, and simple payback plans. If you own a business, don't wait. Get started saving money and energy today. For energy saving tips, lighting incentives, or to schedule your free facility assessment, go to comed.com slash powering biz. Is that comed.com slash powering biz? That's correct, goat. Comed.com slash powering biz, B-I-Z biz. Schedule your appointment today. Um, okay, guys. Holy crap. I was Holy crap. somewhere, I think, on my way to the Austin airport yesterday. When smashing this... your Shady Rays against a rock Sma- <laughs> Smashing my Shady Rays against an Austin sidewalk because it's too damn hot there. Um, and this news came across my Twitter feed. The Phoenix Suns and... And Washington Wizards making themselves a big old trade. Trading three-time All-Star Bradley Beal to the Phoenix Suns for Chris Paul, Landry Shamit, a handful of second-round picks, and multiple pick swaps. Make sources tell The Athletic. That was Shamsharanya Sunday afternoon. Um, I think since the initial news broke, most people have speculated that it is all, in fact, all six second-round picks that the Suns had to offer and two future pick swaps. Uh, and now the Suns trade cabinet, uh, or, or draft pick cabinet, rather, is fully bare. But they have paired Bradley Beal with Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. And for now, still DeAndre Ayton. Uh, gentlemen, your initial reactions to this trade going down. Goat, we'll start with you. So, I, obviously, the initial reaction is like, that's all they could get for Beal. And I think you know, we'll get into this in the next segment, but like this is supposedly going to affect what the Bulls could potentially get back for Zach Levine. If this is the trade package, like I want nothing to do with it. But as I've spent some time thinking on it, I actually don't think it's that bad. Um, You know, they basically treated this like a salary dump of pretty clearly, I think the worst contract in the entire NBA, all things considered from the dollars, the age of the player, and the fact that he had a no trade clause and could basically decide what he was traded for. Um, he basically tanked the value of himself and like what the Wizards were able to get back. Because if, you know, if let's say another draft pick was included, he could have said, no, I don't want that. I want, I'll only do it if there's one fewer draft pick so that we can continue to add to this Suns team when I'm there. Uh, oh, you're going to add, um, you know, DeAndre Ayton instead of Chris Paul. No, I'd, I'd rather play with DeAndre Ayton and, and not play with Chris Paul. So he really had a ton of control over this. And given that, I don't think that the Wizards came out that big of losers. You'd love to see some first round picks coming back if you're the Wizards. I think, um, you know, that's really the only area of, of criticism for them. But the Suns don't have any first round picks to trade. And 
the fact that they were able to dump that salary without having to give up any picks of their own, I think is a win for them. Um, totally resets the course of the franchise. Um, they don't really have sort of a new foundation to build on, except for the guys that were already there. And I think there's only three players under contract now, including Johnny Davis, their first round pick last year, Denny Avdia mm -hmm. from a couple of years ago, and Daniel Gafford, our guy. Um, so they they have a full reset. Um, they will get to probably keep the protected pick that they traded away to the Knicks that goes out a couple of years. So they are, they have a blank slate. They can do whatever it is that they want moving forward. And for the Suns, you know, for a team that wanted to continue to go in on this core that I think is totally warranted, you have Devin Booker and you have Kevin Durant, that's a duo that you go all the, all the, all the way in on. So they did that. And given the fact that they didn't have a ton of first round picks, given the fact that they didn't have a ton of big salaries to throw around other than Aiton, and we'll see what happens with him. Uh, this was the guy that they could get. That was about it. You're not getting Zach Levine for that price. You're not getting OG Ananobi or Pascal Siakam or Jalen Brown or any of these guys that have been rumored. You're just not getting them for what you have to offer. So I like that they were able to bring in a third star. We'll see about the fit. We'll see how it goes. It's a lot of guys that need the ball in their hands, but all things considered, I don't hate it for either team. Like the the Suns are going to be up against these new rules with the CBA and the repeater tax and the second apron and all that stuff. But like they clearly don't care. So more power to them. Will uh, we are in a territory that Matt and I have been in several several times, and that means you and I right now are sharing a brain because that is exactly what I have been saying. And I mean exactly what I have been saying since this trade went down. And I've definitely been in the minority on that because people have been just frying this. And the chats I've been in with friends, they're just frying this. But I've been saying the same exact things that you've been saying about this deal, man. Like, I don't hate any of it. Like, it all seems fair to me. It really, truly does. I, You have to look at the circumstances and the situations of it. Like, that no trade clause is the biggest culprit of all of this. Yeah. And when it came down to it, Bradley Bill said two teams. He said the Heat and he said Phoenix. And then he said Phoenix. That's it. I'm the only team I'm looking at for you. So work something out. And somebody kept trying to tell me, well, because he has a no trade clause, but that means Washington didn't have to let him go. They could have kept him. It's like, no, you don't want to continue to keep somebody. You can't rebuild and start over and do what you want from your team. You think his value is going up right now? Correct. Like, Correct. His value now he is and clearly tanking it. Like you said, he was clearly tanking his value. So you want to continue to hold on to that and continue to do stuff that you don't want to do as a team just because you want to think you can get something better back? No, for what? An extra draft pick? An extra player? No. You, it called freedom cost, all right? That's what it costs. And they wanted the freedom from this dude. And you act like they, they haven't been trying to trade him for years. They've been trying to trade him. They've been trying to get rid of him for a couple of years, man. They've been trying to let it go, but that no trade clause wasn't happening. He wasn't going to any place that they were trying to get him to. So this isn't new. They kept That's the reason they kept holding on to him for so long. It's because they were trying to get rid of him and say, well, fine, if you don't want to play, you'll just play for us. But then it just reaches a point where you're just like, you know what? We have to do something because we have to start over. We can't go through another season with this around us, with this energy around us. 
We need to start over. We're going to make the best deal possible. I thought the deal was solid. You got away with multiple. I, I want to know the number of second round picks, obviously, that they I believe I heard five on Hoop Collective. Okay. And a couple That's of solid. pick swaps, which probably. That's what I wanted matter, to get into. Yes. But yes. I, like if they're really far down the road in like 29 yes. and 30, like that's not exactly. That bad. Yes, Will. Come on and live in my brain. This is exactly the shit I've been saying. Those pick swaps matter, man. Because, well, obviously they can't do it in 2028 because the uh, Nets and Phoenix with that pick, they can they can still, uh, the Nets can swap that with Phoenix in 2028. So, yeah, forget that. But like you said, in 2029 and 2030, in those years, if it's going at, at that time, they can swap that out. And just depending on if they have a pick, let's say Washington has a pick with another team that might have a, a, a lower C, but let's say they can switch it with the Nets. And I don't know what the Nets are going to do. I don't know if they're going to be great or not. You know, we'll find out as they go on down the road. But let's say that pick right there is higher. They can swap that out. Boom, that go your first round pick right there. Like, that's a great option to have, man, in that pick swap right there. So I thought that was an awesome thing, too. But I'd like to know when that pick swap can go down. Because I don't. it feels like well, it was more than one pick swap that they could do. But I could be wrong. Yeah, uh, they, they mentioned two. And for the record, none of this is able to go down until they – figure out what they're going to do with Chris Paul. And that's a whole right, other right. can of worms, uh, whether whole Washington other, right. tries to loop in a third team, whether and that's they why you said him. it was a salary dump like that. Exactly. Yeah. So I think this is like a broader thing for me than just like what the deal was in a vacuum. And again, Correct. we'll talk about it with regards to Zach Levine and how this sort of sets the market for him. But the reason why I like it for the Suns is because you didn't, you didn't like pull out, right? Like you, you started to go all in and you continue to go all in. And I think that's, that's how you need to operate if you're yeah. going to start really investing. Um, exactly. And for the wizards, it's like, there's value in picking a lane. So yes. there's value in trying and, and trying to compete. There's value in picking a lane. For me, the difference yeah. for these teams and the bulls is when you know something doesn't work and you continue to double down on it or reinvest in it, that's where you have a problem. Right mm -hmm. now, the Suns, I think there's more potential. You have better players. There's more upside and clearly an ownership group that's willing to spend to where it makes sense to keep going all in on this group. And by the way, you still have DeAndre Ayton, who you could flip yep. into multiple players or he could just be your fourth best player. Um, I, I think awesome. this this worked out well for, for both teams. Um, obviously, winning matters here, right? If the Suns don't win a championship, it's going to look worse for them. And they absolutely, absolutely need to win a championship now. But I really don't hate this as much as I thought I did for the Wizards. Um, now, if this was the return the Bulls got for Zach Levine, I would hate this. But that's a separate story. Well, yeah, it'd be a ridiculously yeah. dumb trade. Right. Like if they did it for Zach Levine, absolutely right. But that no trade clause is what changes all of that and what makes it look like that, man. But dude, there's no price you should not be not willing to pay if you're trying to get your freedom. And that's exactly what Washington was trying to do because they wanted freedom from this to start over and get this rebuild going. And they paid the price to get that. And it wasn't a bad one, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Just Joe, who just threw us a super chat, saying, do you guys think it's worth it to trade for the third pick if Scoot has gone? Uh, I assume you mean gone off the draft board by the third pick. Also, do you guys think this lowers Zach value on the market? Uh answer the first question personally um no i i would be less inclined to to send a big trade package and give up levine and break this team up if it's not going to get the bull scoot henderson 
second question, again, as you kind of just pointed out there, like I don't think that there should be any correlation here between what the Wizards just got for Beal and what the Bulls might get for Zach. And I'm sure that if the Bulls front office is, as some reports have indicated over the last few days, are calling up teams, proactively calling up teams and saying, hey, what, what would you give us for Zach Levine? If their offers were anything remotely resembling uh, a couple of second round picks, a couple of pick swaps, and here's, here's you know, salary match, no, they would hang up. Um, so I, I don't think Bulls fans necessarily need to concern themselves with this value. And again, I, I agree. My initial reaction was like, damn. I mean, I didn't think that they would get a ton for Beal given the situation, but that's not much. Then you think about it from the other angle and you're like actually i mean they did well to get his contract off their books and added some you know some value back to their draft cupboard and uh and they might still be able to to turn chris ball into something um as as they accommodate him moving on so mm -hmm. i and uh, also completely agree with what you s said will they picked a lane and like that wizards team was going nowhere with bradley beal and scraps around him no offense to kuzma or Kristaps or any other pieces of that team they picked a lane and uh good for them sons meanwhile yikes yikes um i'm not sure if you guys want uh had seen this but i wanted to throw this into the conversation as far as people saying well the sons are going all in but what what the hell else are they gonna put on this roster and the answer might be just keeping guys whose bird rights they have, paying them, using a mid-level, maybe a vet min here or there, but they are absolutely flirting with going into the second, a past the second apron and into the super luxury tax with Beal's contract joining the fray. This is from uh, Keith Smith, uh, who does great work covering the NBA and contract stuff specifically for spot track. He said... With just Aiton, Beal, Booker, Durant, and Cam Payne, that's right, Cam Payne, that's under right. contract for the upcoming season, the Suns are already at just over $169 million on their cap sheet. That is over the tax, over the first apron, and just about $10 million shy of the second tax apron into the super tax. And Ooh. that is with having at least nine roster spots to fill <laughs> you are you are 10 million dollars shy of the super luxury tax apron yeah and you still need nine guys to add to your roster i mean yeah. dude seriously matt ishbia doubling down going all in on this to try and win a championship give more help to kd and booker with this beal move good for him i wish the bulls had an owner willing to spend money like this instead of being afraid of the luxury tax, he was like, hell yeah, I'll pay the luxury tax. I'll pay the super luxury tax. If the newest newest CBA makes a super duper luxury tax, sure. F it. Why not? Let's pay that too because we're trying to build a winner. What a refreshing concept. But my God, my God, that th those numbers were staggering to me. That's gaudy. Absolutely. But also, this is where uh, James Jones is about to earn his money. This is where his ties with the Miami Heat are about to come into play because it reminds me of stuff the Heat do when they just go get dudes that you've never heard of a day in your life. They're going to have to, yeah. And fill out their roster with that. 
That's exactly what James Jones is about to do here with Phoenix. So I'm this way he about to earn his money. I'm interested to see what he does and who he picks up because this is going to be really interesting. He grew up in that staff with the Heat, man. He understands how to do it and put obviously put winners together because he's done it in Phoenix. So it's going to be interesting to see what he does with those nine roster spots, man. I'm very intrigued to watch that. Yeah, as Drewish says here in the comments, wouldn't be surprised if the Suns try to flip Aiton for a few players just so they can gain some flexibility. I think that's certainly on the table with them maybe doing a Aiton to get two or three rotation guys um, just to to build out the depth. But the thing is, like, the hardest thing to do in basketball and team building is get the star. And they've got three of them now. They're going to have at least two of them on the floor at any time. Uh, They're going to close games with all three of them. And as long as there's somebody who can stay in the corner and shoot, which they should be able to find these vet minimum guys who just want to chase a ring. Uh, Maybe they hit on some second round picks. I think they're keeping their pick this year. Um, Maybe it's undrafted guys, two way guys that they develop. Like that's obviously going to be a requirement for them to succeed at the highest levels that they want to get to. But it's also a little bit of an easier task than finding a superstar. And like I said, you've got three of them. You're paying them like it. But that's the hard thing to do. And as long as they're willing to pay the price, which they clearly are, this is how you do it. And this is also why um, now I think in a lot of ways is the time to consider trading Zach Levine because aggregating salaries for a team like this who wants to, who, who, who says, screw it, and I want to pay the second apron, they're not going to be able to aggregate salaries to go get $40 million worth of Zach Levine. So if the Bulls want to trade him to a contender that's willing to spend, this is kind of the last time to do it because next summer I can't say, all right, I got Jordan Poole and I got Jonathan Kaminga here. And that's, you know, I think it's a little less than 40, but just as an example, I can't combine those two players to go get me a Zach Levine. So right. this this could be their last chance to do so. Um, again, that, that was just a total example, but it just, the team building, the, you know, big three building especially is going to become harder and harder. Um, the other pieces and, and like these, this, uh, the last of which was not broken until at some point earlier today, I believe as far as who the hell the Suns are going to get to put on jerseys and go out there to play with this big three and maybe Aiden, um, they, uh, the, the wizards also sent Jordan Goodwin, uh, which I believe broke a day or two ago and, or yesterday today, uh, Woj added that they also are including forward Isaiah Todd uh, and sending him along to the Suns, the 31st pick in the 2021 NBA draft, who has mostly played with the Wizards G League team over the past couple of years. He does have a $1.8 million contract guaranteed on the books for the 23-24 season. So there's there you go. There, there's another contract on the books for the Suns. Isaiah Todd, under $2 million. <laughs> Great player. I'm sure he's going to help out a lot. Um, all right. We, best, man. we still want to talk about now that the Beal domino has fallen, if that could signify other major dominoes falling between now and draft night, and maybe one of those dominoes being Zach Levine. So we will pick back up on that conversation on the other side of this break. While we're sharing these words, hit that thumbs up button if you haven't already, and subscribe to the CHGO Sports YouTube channel. Dave, who's next? Foco! Get fitted out in the best sports gear around, y'all. That is a FOCO. They got the hoodies, the shoes, the signs, the bobbleheads, and everything in betwixt. It's spring, 
and it's baseball season. Cubs, five and one on their last six. White Sox playing better, but still losing. Shout out Lance Lynn getting 16 strikeouts. That was awesome. But you can go ahead and watch these two teams, y'all, but make sure you got your Aloha shirts, your straw hats, your polos, and your bags, everything you're going to need to enjoy the game and the set decorations that we got set up in the CHGO studios. You might be wondering what that is when you can take your eyes off of this greatness right here and off the quaff god and off of the hat thrower. You can look behind us and see all the awesome decorations that will be there, y'all. So since they're showing us love, please show them some as well. Check out foco.com or click the link in your description for all non-pre-sale items. Use the promo code CHGO and get yourself 10% off because it's FOCO. Folks show. Also, a simple reminder to give it a try if you haven't yet. What are you waiting for? Sign up to become a CHGO Die Hard member. An incredible deal um, as far as the bang for your buck. All of the super elite level premier content that we keep behind that paywall is yours with a simple subscription, including that incredible draft database for the NBA 2023 draft class that our guy, Will the Goat Gottlieb, has been just so carefully and lovingly creating and tweaking and adding to over the last several weeks leading up to Thursday night. Um, plus all of the great stuff from our Bears coverage team. You get Hose Bears things in your inbox on a regular basis. If you're a diehard Bears fan, you get discounts to all of our public events, our watch parties, uh, our CHGO Bears tailgates that will be back in full force, starting with week one against Green Bay. You know you want to be there. So mm-hmm. might as well join. Sign up to be a diehard and get a discounted ticket to that tailgate. You also get 20% off every single time you shop from the CHGO merch locker and a free one, whichever shirt you want when you sign up. Plus access to those CHGO diehard only Discord channels, one for each of our teams, and virtual happy hours, invitations to those CHGO diehard VIPs only. So give that a try if you haven't yet. Well worth it. Sign up. Be a diehard. That's what real diehard fans do. Um, Okay, gentlemen, moving forward from the Beal trade. I'm wondering about this making other teams out there trying to add that missing piece more desperate because one of them has now been moved. Obviously, a team that people keep looking at is the Portland Trailblazers. And it seems like every day, every hour of every day, it's okay. No, Dame wants to stay and he wants help here. And then the next day, it's maybe Dame's finally ready to move on. It wouldn't mind going over and playing with Jimmy and Bam in Miami. I swear to God, if that happens, I will shit a brick. But do we think the Dame piece gets moved, or do we think Dame stays and Portland does, in fact, go try to add a quality piece with him? And maybe that piece is Zach Levine. Like, maybe the Blazers are calling the Bulls right now. What do we think about the realistic possibility that that goes down between now and draft night well i just saw two reports come out in the past few hours one said dame does not want to leave he wants to stay in portland and then the other one said portland has no desire to trade that number three pick and i'm like okay well so we're back in square one (laughs) you know so so what what do we do here i 
I don't know. Like, and, I, and seeing that, I'm just like, man, I, I truly don't know what, what they want to do because it feels like they've stated, both, both sides have stated what they want to do. And now Dame has stated he doesn't want, you know, to go through any kind of rebuilding, you know, with a new guy, like a draft pick or something like that. No, Scoot Henderson or not, especially Scoot Henderson, obviously he plays his position. So he doesn't want to go through that um, with a draft pick which seems like a smart thing to do if you want to, you know, get better is get a high draft pick, a top three pick on your team. Dame doesn't want to do that. He wants to get a star. It's already established so he can make a run at a title. Portland is kind of looking at it like, maybe even if we get somebody, would we make a title? Maybe we should just start over and do it that way. And that might be good because these might be generational guys, as the GOAT stated earlier. These might be two generational guys that, that we're looking at here. Who knows? So you can take your chances on that. That's that's a stalemate is what that is. That's what that's called. And as far as Zach is concerned with that, I think we mentioned that already, man. I don't think the Bulls should be interested in any trade if it's not involving Scoot Henderson. They shouldn't even be, you know, accepting phone calls. So this will go up to draft night basically is, is what that is. Uh, I think teams are going to see exactly what Charlotte does. If Charlotte doesn't take Scoot, then the phones will be ringing. If they do, not as many phones will be ringing. But I know one won't be the Bulls. The Bulls, I don't think the Bulls will entertain that if Scoot isn't there at all. I have gone way back and forth on a lot of this. I'll start with I'll start with the Blazers. They, Zach is not going to be their top choice they are not going to trade for Zach. They're not going to trade three for Zach. Um, it's just not going to happen. The only way that that would happen is if Dame specifically says, I want Zach Levine on my team and right. uh, OG Ananobi and Mikhail Bridges and Pascal Siakam and Jalen Brown and all these other guys that they want are unavailable to them. In that case, I still don't know that they would trade for Zach Levine because I don't think they think that Zach Levine is a good fit next to Dame. What they want is big wings that can defend and create and zach is an underrated defender i think he still has flaws he is a great shooter and i think they would need that but they've done the like backcourt scoring tandem thing for years and it hasn't worked they want they want to get big zach is not it's not going to happen um with that said i think there's a pretty strong argument to be made that the bulls should trade zach even if it's not for scoot henderson um kc reported today that um you know that, that some teams are poking around with Zach and that the Bulls have some decisions to make. And the piece of reporting that I found interesting was he said one league source said that the Bulls would be focused on getting a good player, a good young player, multiple first round picks and salary filler if they decide to trade Levine. Another mm-hmm. said one first round pick and an established high end player might be sufficiently intriguing. So that would be, you know, one good young player and a couple of picks. I think that the days of, three unprotected first round picks and a pick swap and, you know, Larry Markin and Colin Sexton for Donovan Mitchell is over. I don't think the bulls are going to get that return. And I, part of me feels like the longer they wait, the more this turns into a Beal situation. Um, It's interesting to me that Zach has been the one in trade rumors and not DeMar. We've talked a lot about DeMar's contract situation and, you know, trying to avoid this trap that they've fallen into with Vooch of needing to overpay him to keep him because, Otherwise, you're losing him for nothing. Um, I don't. I, so I think there's some urgency to trade Demar, and maybe a little bit more urgency just to get out ahead of that. Because I also wonder, should they be paying Demar 35 million dollars a year for the next three years when he's already 34? 
Um, so to me, that's why I've advocated tear it up. That's why I think they need to trade both of those guys. And I think the bulls can get more for, uh, Zach than the wizards were able to, able to get for Beal. Zach, same Damian Lillard, same every other player in the league do not have no trade clauses, meaning they cannot determine what their trade value is. Um, so I think, you know, a, a decent pick and a future pick and a young player plus filler is kind of around what Zach would command. And I think the Bulls do kind of, they're at a point where they need to consider that. Um, I think I think if, for example, they got, um, let's say like the Mavericks wanted to make a, an offer of the 10th pick, Jaden Hardy, Tim Hardaway Jr., Davis Bertans, and the 2027 first round pick, unprotected. Like two, a, a top 10 pick this year, a future pick uh, down the line that could turn into something good, uh, a young player, and some guys that could help contribute now. Like that, I think that's a deal they could look into. It certainly wouldn't be as flashy or sexy. Um, it would allow them to try to remain competitive and also get some young guys in there. I think that's the kind of deal that they have to start considering because to me, the longer they wait to do this, the worse it's going to get. And I don't want them to end up in a situation in three years where, you know, they've let DeMar walk for nothing. Vooch has played through a, a second extension with the team. And now Zach's got one year left on his deal. He's got his $50 million player option and teams don't want him because he's making too much money and because um, he could leave. So I think that the situation is pretty dire. Um they have a chance to get out in front of it. And I think now is the time to really consider that. Anything that you wanted to add to that, Dave? Oh, no, no, nothing else on that. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think what you said makes a lot of sense, Will. My, my biggest curiosity right now is if, in fact, there is no trade with Portland that involves biting the bullet and blowing it up and saying, okay, we're trading Zach, to get Scoot Henderson with that number three pick, if he's there, then what other teams in that top 10 could then the bulls be calling? And again, that that's the part I'm most fascinated about right now is that if those reports are accurate, the bulls are the ones picking up the phone and calling about Zach at this time of year, when leading up to the draft, any and all kinds of crazy trades can happen. Case in point yesterday, Bradley Beal that was bonkers um then what like you know that that hypothetically you just threw out uh I I don't hate it it would feel pretty underwhelming um if if it if it went through but you're probably not wrong and that that would be close to the best you could do um because as you pointed out at the beginning of the show, like getting equal value for these players on these contracts is virtually impossible. Um, certainly so with the Beal situation, but that, that being because of the no trade clause, Zach's contract, as we have also noted, is not that unattractive. Uh, he's still in his prime. The contract is just a regular max level contract, not a super max. So uh, assuming the salary cap continues to go up, it won't be that much of an unfriendly team con contract. I think if executives like Zach Levine, the player and want Zach Levine, the player, but just because they, the, the bulls are calling right now, mm -hmm. wildly curious what other teams they might be calling about that. Like 
you know, I, I saw a report that Orlando is actually not that interested in using both of these picks near the top of the draft that, you know, we've heard multiple reports or rumors that the Pacers might be interested in moving out of their position as are the Dallas Mavericks. You noted them talking about including Hardaway Jr. and some of these potential deals. I mean, wait, does do any of those specifically pique your interest the most, entice you the most, if the Bulls, as you have suggested they do, will actually use this moment to say, need to do it now, rip the Band-Aid now? I mean, I think if you're able to get a top 10 pick for him this year, your pick and some players, like, that's not bad. Um, I think I've had to kind of reframe the expectations and I'll probably tomorrow come back on the show and say, there's no way they should trade him for anything other than Scoot Henderson. But right now I'm just kind of feeling the urgency a little bit and understanding that the market used to be, and that they do need to change direction. I mentioned like there's value in picking a lane when it comes to the wizards. And I think the bulls are in that position too now where they might be the only team in the East that like, doesn't know what they are, or at least that, you know, at the, at the low end of these tiers of teams that are trying to compete in the, you know, in the play in eighth seed range. Um, you know, you have teams like the magic, the Pistons, the Hornets, um, the Pacers who are all going to be better next year. You have teams like the heat who are star hunting and who made the finals, the Celtics, the bucks, the Cavaliers, um, the 76ers, all these teams are better than the bulls as is. We don't know what's going to happen with the Raptors. They could decide not to tear it up, and they were better than the Bulls in terms of regular season record last year. Um, who knows what happens with them? But even if they do d decide to tear it up, that's a direction. Um, the Wizards have taken course; they they've changed course and and picked a lane. Um, and I think I, I think the Bulls are kind of finding themselves in the low end of the middle, and I think that's a really dangerous place to be. Certainly, having their draft pick next year helps. But as I've been saying, like you know, kickstarting this thing and trying to be in a better position for two or three years is really attractive to me, especially if you can be at least like young and exciting and growing on the way. Um, if they, if they get, you know, the 22nd pick and a bad contract for Zach, I would not be thrilled about that. But if you get upside, um, maybe it's the magic give you six and 11, which is a package that Ricky has been throwing out a lot, a lot. like, Let's say Amen Thompson falls to six. Like, that would be amazing. I would love to get Amen Thompson to be the next franchise cornerstone. And then you also bring in the 11th pick. Um, you know, the Pacers, as you mentioned, like the seventh pick is going to be valuable in this draft. The, the eighth pick is the Wizards. They're probably not going to be buying. Uh, ninth pick, Jazz, probably not going to be buying. Um, but there, there probably are some answers. And I think... I just think you have to consider it. I also don't think they're necessarily going to completely tear it down. If they do trade Zach, I think they're going to keep Damar and Vooch and try to remain competitive. And I think they could do that. Um, not saying I think it's the best course of action, but I think that is a potential course of action. Um, but I just think all, all options have to be on the table. And just because, you know, Jake Fisher on his podcast on Friday, right after we finished recording with Ricky and Jason kind of mentioned you know, the Bulls would be looking for a package that really makes someone queasy. So like Sharp, Simons, and third pick. That's not going to happen. I can understand why they would start there, but that's just not going to be a realistic package. And so does that mean just don't trade him at all? Maybe, but it also means maybe you just need to adjust your expectations. And, you know, 
AK is going to have to make that decision. He's going to be the one with the answer. But the Bulls right now are in a position where they could either make a trade that probably doesn't get them back as much as they want for one of their guys, or they could do nothing because they're afraid to do the former. And I think both of those are kind of bad decisions. <laughs> so it's a tough place to be. We all know Man, that you uh, asked either way. Like, <laughs> God damn. Okay. We all we all know the most likely outcome. It's do nothing. It's do nothing. Point because guard some shooting. Be, yeah. Ha- hashtag continuity. That would be not trading Zach Levine on draft night or leading up to draft night. Um, There's no way I think they should trade Zach Levine and then run it back with Demar Derozan and Vooch. That's just a terrible ass decision, in my opinion. Like, they, there's no way they should do that. Absolutely. If you trade Zach, you get rid of everything. If you trade, that's it. We're done. We're done here. Because I've said a million times, I want to build around Zach. I'm cool with building around Zach. Because you spend all this time with this guy, and yet he still hasn't had the things around him to make him a better player. The only time I saw it around him to make him a better player, you were the best team in the East. It's the only time I saw it. So I know what he needs. I just want to see him get what he needs. I want to see him get this point guard. I want to the see problem him is, Dave, there's no way to do that. Direction. You know what I mean? The, the problem no, no, is I, no I understand. I'm, I'm not just talking about this year. You know what I mean? Like, this is not what I'm just talking yeah. about. You, you just might be ass this year. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just might have to go through that. Whatever. You know what I mean? Like, this is a marathon. This ain't a sprint. I'll go through that. But I'm my point is, I'm still trying to build around Zach and to the best of his abilities about what he needs. And I'm okay going through the fire to get through that, bro. That's fine with me. I'm cool with that. Um. Yeah. Th- there's also that other option that uh, Sun's new ownership just dove headfirst at which is pay more money yeah but yeah if we, we get kevin that's... durant for sure <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm saying that's what the bulls we all, are thinking we get kevin we durant and Devin booker pay more money yes but we all know regardless that. you pay more money yes uh that's it we are out of time for today thank you everybody for tuning in hit that like button on your way out if you have not hit it yet or if you're catching the replay on youtube Shout out also to everybody out there listening on our various podcast feeds. Always appreciate a good rate and review if you haven't done that yet for any reason. Uh, subscribe to the CHO Sports YouTube channel. We will be back tomorrow. We'll be back in studio talking more about any and all rumors that pop up between now and then leading up to NBA draft on Thursday. Until then, you can follow Will on Twitter, Will underscore Gottlieb. He is the GOAT. Also, go check out his latest work, which was analyzing and breaking down a lot of fake trades that some of you out there in Bulls Nation sent his way. Really cool stuff in there. Uh, very much enjoyed it. So go check that out, allchgo.com. Follow Big Dave. Bow, BWL Sports. We are Bulls underscore Peck. We, we are CHO underscore Bulls. I am at Bulls underscore Peck. We will talk to you tomorrow. See you, Red. Be good. Happy Juneteenth.